0: i
1: explain a little bit about what All I do right. and how I got into this. Okay. Okay. And uh, Mr. Albert is now. Well, let me start. Hello, everyone. I'm Dr. Will Horton. This is the NFNLP uh, Forum. We do this weekly. We talk about different topics. And sometimes we have group discussions. Those of you uh, that are in hypnosis, NLP coaches, therapists, things like that uh, uh, anyway, I just lost track of my thoughts. Sorry about that. Uh, so we, uh, so we do this every week and I'm trying to bring out more people to talk about things that they're experts in. I don't claim to be the expert in anything, uh, or everything, one or two little things. Um, so anyway, that's what it is. So today we're bringing on Dr. Albert Bermonte. He's uh, someone I've known for several years now. Uh, He's a hypnotist, uh, an nlp -er. He's also a hypnosis teacher and an NLP teacher. He's also a theatrical agent, been doing that for a long, long time. And he works with actors, as I call performing artists, actors, singers, dancers, things like that. I know he mostly works with actors, but the genre is all the same. But uh, here's Mr. Albert. I'm making him the host. So he has control. And there we go.
0: All right. Well, thank you for having me, Dr. Will. Hello, everybody. Um, As you know, my name is Dr. Albert Bermondi. I've been a theatrical agent since 2007. I've been working. I work pretty much with um, actors in the New York City market. And the reason why I, I became interested in working with actors, not just in the employment capacity, but also sort of in a more um, general coaching area, is how important the mental and emotional state is and how crucial it is for success as a performing artist. And this talk, you know, this kind of discussion can not just only apply just to actors, but can it can also apply to uh, athletes, singers, dancers, even people that work in sales to a degree because it's the same principle where you're putting yourself out there every day and you're putting yourself sort of on the line and making yourself vulnerable every day. So this applies, I think, to not just for actors, but for a lot of a lot of different professions. And for those of you that are, you know, hypnotists and then I'll, here's on this call, there's a good chance you're going to see these people in your practice especially if you're in a metropolitan area. Um, so I wanna um, now share, let me share my screen. Um, now, I just so you know, I'm, I'm, I, I do use PowerPoint, but I'm kind of uh, very brief. So my slides are very, very limited. And I do that because simply I like to just kind of talk off the cuff um, and not necessarily read. So, all right. So, title of my talk is um Hypnosis and LP for Performers." Now, uh, I have my contact information here: Albert D'Amante Gmail. You can find me in Albert uh, on Facebook. Um, you can, um, you know, very easy to find me if you need to get a hold of me. So, I noticed when I was starting out. As an agent, as a junior agent, a young agent, I was working, I was meeting a lot of actors that were telling me how hungry they were and how ambitious they were and how much they wanted to work. Yet, what I couldn't figure out in my head was why so many of them um, were having a hard time getting work and when they got the work or they got the auditions why I was noticing it someone were no showing being unprofessional um not preparing or even just flat out turning down auditions um you know one notorious case was I met um I have had this actor on my roster. This is like 2007. Um, She got a big audition for a series regular. And, you know, for a major show, called me an hour before the audition, telling me, I'm not going. And then I got an email the next day saying that she's quitting the business. Completely. Never heard from her again. So, and as frustrating as it was for me, because that hurts you know my reputation you know with casting directors so i i I started focusing on like what's happening here why why are why am i seeing and and for those of you in that field why am i seeing cognitive dissonance happening here where it's like okay you want to work but yet you're showing me resistance so i switch gears and that's where my topic of my doctoral thesis and doctoral dissertation in 2015 was working on fear of success and self-handicap behavior in performing artists because i see this all the time and you know the actors on this call probably seen this with your peers about how a lot of you know actors just shoot themselves in the foot you know before they even um get started i mean this is a tough field so let me walk you through sort of what it's like to be an actor. Um, And, you know, feel free on the chat if if anybody is on here wants to uh, put any comments in. As an actor, you're putting yourself out there every day. Um, There's no guarantee of employment. There's, you're constantly, you know, making yourself vulnerable every day by auditioning. And you're only really as good as your last audition. So in a sense, there's a lot of pressure and there's very little stability. And not only that, but usually, and and probably most actors can back me up on this, their families are not really entirely supportive of them entering the arts. And if they are somewhat supportive, they don't really understand the business. So very often, you know, there's that disconnect. Whereas you know, well, I wanted to be the doctor. Well, no, I'm an act. You know, I'm an actor. Um, so they sometimes will get either excommunicated or a family situation can be very tense. So they're dealing with that, in addition to, you know, not knowing each day if they're going to get work. So there's an immense pressure there. Anytime you deal with anybody in the performing arts industry, so that's something to understand when you're working with them is that there's no stability in, in this profession, you know, unless you're, you know, at the level of Steve Buscemi, um, you know, or, you know, like we're sort of walk your, your level of stability is sort of like day-to-day flexibility. So going back into things, I'd like to talk a little bit about language use. Because NLP, a lot of it is all about language and the language you use on a daily basis, and the language we talk to ourselves with. So, the one thing that really um, I want to say to for actors is in your daily vocabulary, how you describe yourself is extremely important. And you know, any hypnotist or coach on this call know how important our wording is, our internal wording is. So for example, do not use the word, I'm an aspiring actor. Because what does that mean? Well, if you say you're aspiring, that means a) you're not really there yet. And um, so what I often say is use your your working actor or your professional actor. Because the moment you do a job, even if it's non-paid, if you do a, perf- a job where it's a short film, you know, an independent film, a stage production that you hired for, you are working. So you're not aspiring, you're an actor. And also be very careful about the use of the term, I'm a starving artist, I'm a struggling artist. I hear that a lot. I get a lot of submissions for actors for representation you know, that, or want to work with me and I'll, and I'll get that language in their email. You know, I'm a struggling artist or, you know, um, I'm, I'm a starving artist. I'm an inspiring actor. And it just automatically, no, you know, I want to correct them. You're a working actor because the moment you use those terms to ourselves, you're setting your conscious mind. Um, So, yeah, well, I'm going to go into that, um, Robin. So there's, you know, a couple of things with language that's important. When we use our language, we, we're communicating with two minds, as we know in, in, in hypnosis and NLP. We have a conscious mind and a subconscious mind. Now, this is going to get me geek out a little bit with psychology here, but our subconscious mind Dominates majority of our day-to-day interaction, our day-to-day personality, and our day-to-day functioning. So if you're automatically putting language that's putting yourself, holding yourself down, which is by saying you're a starving artist or an out-of-work actor, whatever that is, what's happening here is you're setting yourself up for potentially failure. I mean, you have so much already stacked against you, sort of. So why use yourself? Add that. Why? Why are you adding that? Your own self um, handicapping and self doubt, uh, or your own, you know, negative language there. So, this is important to use. Um, yeah, exactly. Because it's it, it's not only that. Will said that he used an email for an audition. He's a professional actor. That automatically, even if that even if implies the director likes that in itself, the fact that you keep saying that affirmation over and over again means that you're going to go into that room when it comes to an audition and knock it out of the park and do the best job you can possibly do. And so, you know, when we work with NLP and Hypnosis for Actors, you know, we're not, you know, I'm not an acting teacher, you know, so it's not, you know, what we can do for Hypnosis and NLP is, It'll make you mentally on top of your game, and you'd be surprised how far that will take people, just to be mentally on top of their game. You know, while they're going, what I recommend you go get acting training, and train a technique, and work, you know, with a regular acting coach or teacher, but you know, get clear out the mental, you know, clutter, and you'd be surprised how far you'd go. And As Will knows, I teach uh, part time Thursday night, um, an acting studio, uh, working actor studio. And, you know, a lot of the things we talk about is, you know, we talk a little bit about the mental, you know, and emotional stuff, but also the important thing is the reality of what's happening here. So um, I want to go into. Um, you know, they're, you know, reframing is something we do a lot in NLP. It's kind of like reframing. It's just kind of like giving an alternative explanation more towards the positive. Um, there, I forget who said it, but there was a quote in an NLP book I read years ago saying, that there's no such thing as rejection, And I forget how exactly the wording, the exact wording, but it was like, there's no such thing as rejection. It's just simple. You're not needed today. And I think as an actor, if you get that, you know, that that audition, you didn't get the part. Okay, that's just this one right now. So, you know... You can audition for something later on today or tomorrow that you'll get. So working sort of like, you know, doing a six-step reframe where you, you know, talk about, break down the fear of rejection for an actor or do a visual squash where you get out of that self-talk or even doing like the fast phobia technique, which removes the fear of rejection. So, you know, as we know, you know, it's kind of like putting yourself in um that mode of you know when you work with an actor doing a fast phobia technique it removes the fear of rejection and again if you take all the fears away your power as a performer is going to dramatically improve regardless of whether or not you know the amount of training you have just your power and your essence is going to skyrocket And so I feel like a good part of working with actors in, you know, an NLP mode is more or hypnosis mode is getting rid of those fears of rejection. You take that off the table and automatically you're more powerful as an actor. So I can get you the best, you know, like I'm working with if I was working with Michelle, you know, on the call here, if, if she was an actress, it would be, you know, I'd make her the best Michelle possible mentally, because I'd get rid of that rejection, I'd get rid of that um clutter. Now, of course, Michelle would still be working with an acting teacher or coach to, you know, improve her technique, but at the same time, I'm getting rid of The reject, you know, I'm getting rid of the mental clutter. So there's a good part there that um, that's, that's, that's important here. So getting rid of rejection. Now, some other techniques I want to go into. um, A very powerful one is a circle of excellence, which if you don't mind, I'd love to take you through a brief exercise for those on the call, especially the actors on the call. Um take a minute. Uh take a deep breath in. Okay. And just take a deep breath in. Get yourself comfortable. Uh okay. Take take a deep breath in and just close your eyes. And I want you to think of a time. So close your eyes. And I want you to think of a time in which uh, it could be a recent performance. It could be a, a recent incident in your life where you felt the most successful. So just close your eyes, breathe that in. Um, recall that experience. And as you recall that experience, remember what you were hearing, what you were seeing, and what you're feeling. And just let that marinate, that really successful, competent confident feeling you're on top of your game here even put a color to that you know add a color to that you know and just really get into that experience feel what you're feeling hear what you're hearing see what you're seeing you're really confident this is a time in your life where you're the most confident remember that So just, I'll I'm gonna be quiet for about thirty seconds, and I just want you to experience that. Okay, now I'd like you to take uh, your index finger and your thumb and make a circle. And this is going to be your circle of excellence. So anytime that you go before an audition or before a performance, I want you to make a circle with your, your, your uh, forefinger and your thumb. And just recall this experience right before you do that. So every time you have an audition, make that circle and forefinger. So we circle with the forefinger and thumb and just recall that positive experience. Get into it. Every time you do that, you'll get right into it. And just, you know, open your eyes now. And that's a technique that you can use very simple on the fly. I also want to go into, and I didn't put on the slide here, but something called um, EFT, emotional freedom technique. So if anybody's familiar with acupuncture, we have different pressure points in the the body, different meridian points. So it's going to be a little hard with the, zoom with it because I have a virtual background but um I'm just going to go into a brief brief tapping if you want to follow along um but you tap on different parts of the body so for example you start off by tapping the middle of the forehead and you could say something like let's say you have this you know I I, I release this fear and let it go I release this fear and let it go and then you go to the side of the eye I release this fear and let it go. And then under your eye, I release this fear and let it go. And then you tap the chest your collarbone. I release this fear and let it go. And then now, take your left hand, okay? Or whichever, hand, and then, I mean your right hand, and then take your left hand and and put it on your wrist. And just uh, think of the word peace. And close your eyes, take an inhale and exhale and just say to yourself the word peace. Now, we're going to try it one more time, just just what we just did. So tap the forehead, I release and let it go. And then tap the side of the eye, I release and let it go. And then under your eye, I release and let it go. Collarbone, I release and let it go. And then take the, you know, your left hand over your right, right wrist, close your eyes, breathe and exhale the word peace. And you do that about, I'd say three or four times. Now, you may want to do this in a bathroom. You may not want to do this in a waiting room, the audition, because people may not know what you're doing. Um, and may think you're, you might be, you know, because people are not going to understand what you're doing. But that could be something you could do at home. Or even in the in in the restroom. Just do a couple rounds of that. But makes, also use the language of I release and let it go. Because that's particularly important for audition anxiety. So, um, also now going back into a couple other things I want to talk about before we. And is there something called in psychology called the Zygarnik effect? The Zagarnik effect is, you know, a Russian um, named after a Russian psychologist. And that kind of states that we often don't, we often remember the failures or what we didn't complete more so than what we complete. So, you know, very often we dwell on, especially actors will dwell on auditions that might not have been their best. So, or their best performance. So one of the things that we work with actors and, you know, I'm, I'm sure actors on the call can recognize this, that when you have an audition and it's over, you have to, the important thing is to let it go. Because otherwise you sit in your focus you sit and you go back to your car or you go back on a subway and you start thinking, I could have did this, I could have did that better, I could have did that better. Why did I do this? Why did I say this? The answer to that is you know, let it go. Because you're always going to find things, especially if you're kind of like, you know, a little critical, and a lot of actors are hard on themselves, is you're going to find stuff wrong if you think about it. You dwell on anything. You're going to find stuff that you did wrong. Or think that you did wrong. And I can't tell you how many times actors, in my experience of an agent, would call me up and say, I just blew that audition. And then, or I just, I did really bad. And they were really upset. And then an hour later, I get a call that they book the job. So it could be perhaps that maybe you thought you did bad, but you didn't, you know, you, that's sometimes the worst credit. So, cause we tend to remember things that are either incomplete versus how we don't, you know, or versus things that we've done successfully. Just like in a real world, like let's say somebody gets, you know, 20 compliments in one day, but yet at the same time they hear one or two critical or negative comments. What sticks with us sometimes the most is a negative rather than the 20 positive that we just received. Um, so also one thing I really, you know, another thing that NLP and hypnosis can get into, is not just, it can also help with performance. And I heard this, techn- this term used recently, post-traumatic stress. One thing that's very often I've talked about in the acting community is the effects that sometimes method acting can have. Because with method acting, you're, you're connected to a character on a personal and deep level. And it can sometimes, when you connect with them, even if you're doing all the physicalities, of that like embodying the actor physically you're often taking on the um emotional aspects too and sometimes you can get so lost in you know becoming taking on the emotional traits of your character that you can start to have breakdowns um look at the tragic case of like heath ledger For example, um, you know, he had, you know, his recent, the, the most recent success before his tragic passing was being the, you know, being the Joker, being the dark, you know, the Dark Knight. And he had to go to a lot of dark places to play that role. Now, he played it very cinematically well for the viewers. I mean, everybody loved it. But did we really take a care and look at how's Heath doing? You know, that was a tough place to get to. Also, there was, you know, the reason why I bring this up also is because, um, you know, exactly. Nicolas Cage never came back from leaving Las Vegas. Um, there was a movie that Charlize Theron did that she won the Academy Award for 2004 called The Movie Monster, where she played Eileen Wormus, the female serial killer. Um, who was a real life character she had I, and I remember watching an, an interview with her there were nights off of filming where she literally had to when she cried her eyes out because of you know the character that she was playing it got to her uh, also in a little trivia James Gandolfini who played Tony Soprano I think one of the greatest actors of the you know uh, 21st century, who's no longer with us. But I was reading, you know that that you know his char- himself, and his character were totally different people. Like he was, you know, you know he did Tony Soprano so well, but there were times when he literally had to stop filming Tony Soprano and and you know go into the bathroom and must throw up because of the violence he was doing. Because it made him sick to his stomach, the violent, you know, the violence—even it was fake—but still, the idea of being a violent character repulsed him so much. So, we have to remember that also working with actors is kind of like how to enter that state of an actor of that character, but also at the same time breaking that immediately as soon as the word cut or the word once you get off stage we need to be able to break you out of that character fast so that you don't take that on. Um, exactly. And a- as Annette said, very actors are, um, you know, very sensitive empaths, empathic, and that helps with the role, but it really, um, it takes a thing. And, You know, Gene Hackman, for example, would not play Hannibal Lecter. Anthony Hopkins, for example, who was brilliant as Hannibal Lecter in Silence of the Lambs and Hannibal, um, actually did not like you know that at all. They had actually had to really talk him into doing the second follow-up because he just it took a lot out of him to do that. Because in order to really give a good performance, you have to really get into character. Um, last example I want to talk just briefly here is um, the one of my favorite act working actors that's really doing well today in the modern world. Unfortunately, I don't rep him. Is Vincent D'Onofrio? Um, now, I was. Um, talking to, I was talking to a couple of people who knew him, You know him well. He prepares very deeply for roles. And he will only take on roles that he feels sympathy or connection to the character. And he played, if anybody remembers an old movie with Jennifer Lopez called The Cell, um, where he played a very uh, deranged serial killer for the role. This man, this actor, to prepare for that role, for two months before filming, went isolated himself from his family, his wife and kids, went to a hotel room, spent 600 hours watching serial interviews of them talking about the Grizzly murders, and plastered his room in a hotel with crime scene photos and stared at them for hours. He needed Counseling after that movie was over. Like actually, he was going through post traumatic stress, and that's why I call it kind of post traumatic stress because, in a sense, with identifying with a character, we tend to get lost in there. So part of working with actors, I think, you know, on the hypnosis and LT thing, is getting is getting to break, you know, working with them to break that character state immediately for their own mental health. Um, And then finally, deep trans identification, which helps them identify with the character, but perhaps getting them to identify with the character to enough that, you know, just for that take or just for that performance and then get back out. So we have to do that. And I think that there's going to be a lot of time with break with entering and breaking state. Um, Thank you. So. Um, I kind of um, um, I'm going to stop screen share because that's pretty much and I, I like to get I'd like to hear from some of the actors on this call, too. So I'm going to just stop the share now. And I'd love to open it up, you know, for any. Questions, comments. Uh, OK, Kathy uh, Sweet. Uh, has a comment.
2: There's nothing sweet about me, Albert. It's Kathy Sweat. Sweat, okay. But um, I proctor exams in a medical school, and there's official instructions that need to be read. But I always tell the students I know that everyone who's there, chances are they did well in second grade on their spelling words. Just to, just to have gone in the trajectory that now you're in medical school, you probably got those 10 spelling words correct every Friday. And so I said, remember that feeling when the teacher read the word and you were holding your pencil, your chubby pencil and you knew how to spell it. And I said, Rem- remember that feeling and, and think, bring that feeling to yourself as you read each question now that you're in medical school. And I, I, it reminded me of what you said about thinking about a successful event.
0: Yeah, that's exactly, you know, maybe, maybe you don't realize, but that's exactly what you're doing. You were using an NLP, NLP technique, uh, neuro-linguistic programming and getting them to put them in that state of being that. So it's the same principle of putting yourself, like when you go on that audition now, put yourself in that same state of you doing very well Or being very, you know, feeling very accomplished, and you'd be surprised about how far, how far that will take you, and that will get you out of your head. So,
2: it's good to learn the name for that technique. Someone taught it to me a long time ago. Now I can learn more and hopefully help the students and
0: myself. That would be great. Yeah, no, I totally. I'd recommend, you know. Uh, going into studying NLP or taking a course in NLP at some point.
2: Thank you for this lecture. I shared it in James, um, James Saccone's Actors Axiom student group and on the talent, and on the talent managers for actors, because I think it's very helpful to all of us.
0: Well, I'm glad you did. Thank you.
2: You're welcome. Thank you for this information.
0: No problem. All right. Any else? That's great information. Um, yeah, I'm, thank you, Maya. I'm glad that you enjoyed that. Um, you know, feel free to anybody else want to add stuff. I think it's worth the year. Hey, Caroline.
3: Hi, Dr. Albert. Thank you. This is really wonderful. And as a non-actor, I um, and, and I had aspirations when I was very young and I've talked a little about this before, Um, What was steered away from it did not have a supportive family. But now as a non-actor, as I practice NLP and I'm a hypnotist and I've been asked to speak in two weeks actually the morning after the election to a business group in my area. And um, I believe, and I've always loved the circle of excellence. It's one of my favorite techniques. And I think it's a great way for those of us who are non-performers Uh, for speaking engagements and and a lot of the information that you gave us is just great for breaking that fear of public speaking and Mm -hmm. fear of being judged um, as the odd one, the weird one, because nobody really understands what we do. Um, But that circle of excellence is really a great way to kind of integrate your audience and bring them in Um, physically and mentally and emotionally to start a talk you know because everybody no matter what field they're in and it's a diverse group out there um, has something in their life that they had a great success with and so it brings out the passion and then immediately um, I think they relate to you really well and so that's thank you for bringing that up and using circle of excellence again because I was just thinking, I've been going through these exercises in my head. How do I want to start this and get everybody really interested really quickly? And I think I just found my answer.
1: Okay,
4: thank you. Dr. Albert, I think that you teaching the um, actors that there is no rejection. There's no such thing as rejection. It's just, hey, you know, another day. Yeah. you know, the, you know, just like uh, you know, anything, like, just, it's okay. You're not, re- the, the word rejection, like you said, it's so important, your words. So I thought right right away, that happened to be the first thing that you taught us. And I think that's the first thing everyone should know, because yeah, that, that word is so damaging, rejection, when in fact, they're not rejecting you. It's just, exactly. that's, Yeah. So yeah, thank
0: you not, for that. Yeah. I mean, that's all, you know, it, it's really not personal at all.
1: Yeah, Albert, real quick. Uh, I know I've heard you say it, and I heard this back when I went to the uh, academy an actor's job is auditioning, the parts are a perk.
3: <laughs> I like that. You yeah.
1: know, that you audition, you audition, you audition. Uh, but uh, yeah, really quick. Uh, when you were talking about like the inner dialogue and how you quit saying like I'm a struggling actor, i aspiring or wannabe or something. Uh, you know, I'm reminded of, of how, and I want you to talk about why it's so important for young actors uh, working to hang out with working actors. You know, oh. you always see as an actor kind of moves up, they get a different group and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, people come into your life for a reason a season, or a season generally, and then you get a different group. Uh, you know, when I got serious about this about seven or eight years ago, I started taking professional acting classes, right? Because it's a different mindset, and 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 that was fun. And you know, I so I want you to talk about that. The groups you hang out with, and the second thing, um, <clears throat> I've been doing theater forever, and then finally I directed a show, which changed how I looked at acting. Just from this viewpoint, I understood that like uh, like Elizabeth may be the best for the job. But I'm going to hire Maya because the actor is only five foot eight, and Elizabeth about five ten. That's not going to work on stage, right? Mm -hmm. And I know that's happened to me. I think I'm a great guy for the part, but I remember I was going to play Nathan Detroit, but I didn't get the part because the lady he cast uh, was damn near six foot tall. You know, and unless I wear stilts, I'm not getting close to that. yeah so yeah but uh, uh, hang, hang, who you hang out with and that and, and whatever else you want to say that's important Model yeah. it
0: yeah. well you know and, and that's a good point because you know this is why i say about the it's not personal about the rejection because you could do a great you know and the actress can back me up on this call you could be a do a, a phenomenal an excellent audition but but that doesn't mean you're going to get the role there's so many factors outside of your control that will make that, you know, that will make that determination. All of your job as an actor is in actors to give that great, you know, to give a great audition. Um, and also, you know, as um, Dr. Well had indicated um, a very good point is like, you want to hang out with actors that are slightly doing better than you are at the moment uh, because you work hard of that. there. That's why, like, there's that popular saying with, you know, show me, you know, the five friends you hang out with, I can tell you about yourself, in a sense. So if you're hanging out as an actor with out of with other out of work or non working actors, you're going to find yourself the same way, um, sort of out of work and not working. Whereas if you start associating yourself with actors that are currently working. Um, that's going to really um, impact the job you're going to do, and your success is going to be elevated. So I know like Dr. really talk a lot about just in general about the crowds you hang out with, and that you should be hanging out with uh, people that are better, you know, or working. And that, in any, and that's just for any anybody that you want to pick successful people and start hanging out with them more, and associating yourself more with them because that point it's going to, you're going to work hard to keep up. With them or go down on the other hand the other extreme with them and you know maya um and robin you know in the chat here you know one of the things we talk about with actors going back to the you know your job as audition there's a term that we call called booking the room which means getting the casting director to like you because the community especially in whether you're in New York, you know, Atlanta, Florida, you know, LA, the casting community is sort of small in a sense. You'll often have multiple, you know, casting directors working on multiple projects. So you want to be on their their radar so that you're kind of like their go-to person to keep calling in. And if you do a great job, no matter whether you get the job or not, you're going to you they're going to be calling you back in. And that in itself is a major success as a working actor. Um, and it's not about booking a job. But, you know, in Working Actor Studio, we talk a lot about the booking ratio. Um, a, a very good booking ratio for an actor is one out of every 20 auditions that you go on 5%. So if you say, you know, every 20 auditions, if you book one of them, you're doing amazing. Wow. So, and that should be a goal. Like, just look at it, okay. Even if, like, let's say, okay, you go book on, let's say you go on five auditions, you book that, now reset the clock, say, okay, you know, the next 20, you know, one, one of the auditions in the next 20, I'm going to book. Get the job. And when you start going with that framework, you know, it. it so it's all about, you know, really doing your best and Getting out of your head.
4: Hmm. And Dr. Albert, you and Dr. Will mentioned about the the five people, you know, surrounding yourself with success. And um, if you don't have those people in your life yet because you're new to acting, uh, Caroline um, had that uh, that fun technique of. You know, your dear friend, um, imagining kind of like the circle of excellence, but with people, um, your dear friend, uh, you know, Sigourney Weaver. Your dear friend. Oh, there. <laughs> yeah, <buddy> board, <laughs> yes. yeah, your buddy board. Yes. Yeah. Caroline brought up uh, the creation of buddy board uh, that she uses in um NLP and hypnosis for those experts. And Dr. Will, <laughs> is, yeah, Dear friend. Dear um,
1: yeah. friend. I always forget this guy's name, but he's like, you see him on all these TV shows and movies.
4: He's your uh, dear friend.
1: <laughs> dear friend. That's the guy I'm modeling the most. Uh, and I always forget this guy's name, but he always plays uh, military officers. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah. That's that's the buddy board. And then up here's my NLP world. So uh, right.
4: Yeah. And the buddy board is not something you just look at for inspiration. Although I mean, I do that with my buddy board. But also, Caroline and I. I'm jumping in for Caroline. I'm so <laughs> yeah, sorry, yeah. Caroline. Oh, yeah. Um, Caroline taught us, and and so did Dr. Will and Dr. Albert that we. Imagine that and being actors and actresses, this you know, would be easy for you to imagine that um, they are actually your friends, you're feeling maybe a certain way or certain down you know down. What are they saying to you to elevate you? What is Hugh Jackman, dear friend, saying to you, you know? Mm-hmm. Sigourney would have some empowering, empowering things for me, and uh, you know, Hugh Jackman would have like, get out there, do it again, you know, and yeah. do your voice practices. What advice would these dear friends give you, your buddies in the in the field?
0: Yeah, and and, and you know, for those of you that just uh, on the call that are actors, you know, even just a, your your brain doesn't really differentiate between what's real and what's imagined so you know it the more that you put yourself in the state of of imagining what they would say the more real it's going to become and you will start to believe that and start inhabiting that so yeah put yourself you know in the you know even in your imagination in your head you know and um of associating yourself with working actors. And also, you know, for those of you in communities, you know, start going to different acting, you know, community acting classes. And, you know, maybe you need to change up your acting class so that, you know, if you feel that it's kind of stale, Um, you know, or if you feel that, you know, the level of actors aren't really working, get into a, a community. With
1: working actors well, and, and what's cool there's a video of uh, and he's an actor was it Chris Platt I think yeah Chris Platt he when he was on uh, what was that Parks and Recreation right uh, I'm not a big he's an okay actor I'll just say what I think but I like him but in, when he was on parks and Recreation he was like six they had him gain like 60 pounds because he was the chubby funny guy in the show. And he made a video that he goes within five or six years i'm going to be the lead in a marvel action movie and he posted it on youtube and people made fun of him but it was like how what he was creating in his mind right and then when he got cast in whatever it was guardians of the galaxy people were like chris platt the fat guy from parks and recreation right then we see him you know a year later when it yeah he's pretty goddamn buff when he did the part but uh yeah that's that Talk about that, Albert. About the, the creative, where do you want your career to go?
0: Yeah. Well, there's a whole lot of limitations. And I think that, you know, you are powerful creators. And, you know, actors, it's not uncommon for them to, you know, gain 70, 80 pounds for a role and then drop that immediately after, you know, uh, by working out heavily. Um, you know, so. I think that part of like, you know, identifying, going with that deep trans identification, identifying with the character and really creating that, you know, because it's more than just, you know, as an actor resetting lines. It's really about embodying character and developing a walk, you know, a physicality, um, you know, and really there's so many slight nuances that it's just, you know, a lot of, see, a lot of people, and this is what, you know, actors, and I'm sure actors on the call can say here, there's much more to just being an actor than just saying lines, reading lines. This is why a lot of people who want to go into acting, you know, I think don't realize how hard it and how, how complex it is. Uh, because the good actors make it look so easy. Because it's all about making the character your own and making those words your own. And ma- so, there's a lot of nuances, and like Chris Pratt, you know, by... Um, he can do that. You know, if he wants to do that, he can. You know, if he wants to be in a Marvel film, you know, it takes, you know, maybe 10, 12 months of intense physical training, and there he is. You know, and I'm sure, I could probably guess that he already probably was a buff guy before he took on that role. So, you know, that was very easy for him to get back to. Okay, when the role's over, it's back to... That, yeah, so, that. And most people, actors who take on superhero roles spend a year or two in training.
1: And Albert, I want you to talk real quick as we get, you know, like, I don't want to keep everybody, but I can't think of her name. As you're talking, I'll, I'll find her name. She was this Broadway actress. And as she got older, she had real bad arthritis and I'm not making fun of in her hands that you get, right? And she would step on stage, she would get into character and she once the play would start, you'd literally see her hands do, and she would be through the whole show moving, da, da 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 And as soon as after the final bow, it went back, right? And I mean, just talk about the
0: oh, that's just yeah, like yeah, you no, know, the power of the the you know how much control we have over our bodies, and just by identifying. So you know, even if you spend like five minutes, you know, I'm sure like in her hand the. Just like you know, tell, you know, doing self-talk or self hypnosis. Even you know, I'm not. I don't have arthritis, so my hands are norm. My hands are fine. My hands are feeling great. And then for the to you know, one or two hours, that she's on stage, you know, she's able to do that. So, but the one thing that we found, especially why why I'm I'm always amazed every day, you know, as in my my background in hypnosis and NLP, the power of the mind when it comes to whether temporary or even spontaneous healing like that. Um, so, you know, this is why I think the, you know, being in such a um, positive state is important or happy state or healthy state is extremely important for an actor. Well,
1: and, and all of us on the call, the hypnotists, helpers and actors and actresses, um, the thing that, uh, uh, why you want to get a good teacher? And I'm not going to do the good teacher thing, <laughs> but uh, but because and and it and and it may change as as, as it goes on. My people were on my book thing. I, my voice teacher come on. Took me 25 years to finally start working with a voice teacher. That now I have a full four octave range if I want it, right? And I can. And if you'd have told me that like a few years ago, I'd have I'd have slapped you because. Like I said, I was the guy in the musical that they'd say, just stand in the corner. You know, you can dance and then you do the funny bits. Uh, but yeah, so I finally found the right teacher, you know. And you know that, Albert, just from like finding the right teacher, the right agent, the right group of people. So as we get ready to wrap it up, share about that, that, that why you, like you worked with Working Actors Studio.
0: Yeah, it's, it, you want to find it uh, as an actor, the, tr- the tribe that works for you. Like for example, you know, Certain acting teachers may work for y- your acting friends and colleagues, but may not may not be the best fit for you. Same thing with agents and managers. Like, let's say you have representation. Your friends may love that, you know, agent, manager, but it may not be a good fit for you. So you have to find your voice and your own um, tribe that fits for you, that works for you. So who do you feel the most comfortable? When you go to a headshot photographer, you know, going for headshots it's important that you feel a connection or comfort with your photographer. Um, not just because they're the best photographer in town. They may, it may not be for you. Um, so the important thing is to really find what works for you the best. You can get recommendations, yes, but, and it's good to get that. But at the same time, you want to know what works for you. Um, you know, I teach at Working Actor Studio. And we have a like a strong, consistent fab family, a group of actors that come every week, and then we have some that come one time and don't, you know. And and for them, it's not for you know. They'll say, you know, this is not for me. It's a good place, but it's not for me. Okay, I respect that, you know. And and that's important, you know. What's if it's not enough? It's not for you, you know. Don't go just because you have you know, just because that, that particular studio, because otherwise you're going to be unhappy, and there's nothing more, I think, preventing than being an unha- unhappy actor. Cool. And the last
1: question for you, I promise, is if you talk a little bit about in the last, what, nine months now, eight, nine months, I've lost track, because we're in day f- the day 185 of the 15 days to flatten the curve, but uh how everything has changed because now we're doing everything like this on zoom. Yeah. Even acting classes, you know, they're doing all kinds of things.
0: Yeah. Well, that's different too. I mean, auditions are virtual, you know, acting classes are virtual over zoom. Uh, now there's even plays over zoom, you know, like theater plays, um, readings. So, um, and it's, you know, it, it's, a, it's all about adapt, learning to adapt, you know, I mean, it, it, a lot of times especially i think sometimes the older actors have a hard time adapting to newer technologies and newer things but the important thing is uh you wanna you have to be able to adapt <laughs> no that was funny um, you have to be able to adapt uh and that means adapting to the new the new technology the new the new format so everything that was going to be virtual so getting trained in, you know, Zoom, knowing the proper frames, knowing, you know, knowing the proper lighting to send in auditions. That's important now. You know, whereas maybe a year ago, you didn't have to worry about that so much. So, yeah. so being- Dr.
4: Albert, do you have a, a Facebook page or a group page that people can pop into and check check you out and check everything
0: out yeah well i have you know my personal which is albert vermonti vermonti you can just find me there um i also have a general facebook page for the agency a fan page emerging talent agency um and you know and then for my agency itself like for the actors that i work with um i have a private facebook group the emerging talent family Um, and that's for clients for me easily able to communicate, um, you know, things easily and, you know, with them, but I think, you know, just even personally, I mean, I post a lot of, uh, things on a weekly basis. Sometimes I'll go live, you know, my Facebook page. So,
1: thank you. All right. All right, everyone. That was fun.
5: Thank that you, Mr. Wonderful. Albert
1: everybody. Albert, Yeah.
5: Thank you, guys. Thank you very much. Yeah. Great job, Albert. Thank you so much. Thank you, Pam. A lot of helpful advice. Can, yeah. can I just share something, Will? Sure, well, Albert. I just—you made so many important points um, for the for the actors on the call. It's so important what what you mentioned about the cognitive dissonance and them fully associating and resonating with being a successful paid professional actor. That is so important that they not only think of themselves, but that they fully resonate and step into the body of being a successful, fully successful professional actor I also love your reframe Uh, I used to be in sales my first career and what you were saying about the failure there is no failure Uh, uh you're just not needed uh today well I love that I really love so many of the tips that you gave and even the EFT that that is such a helpful tool too and Michelle and Carol, you gave some wonderful tips, too, and, and Will. And I just really loved so many of the points that you made. I uh, was, you know, I haven't been an actor, but uh, I, w- I was a performer. You know, I used to sing with a rock band and an oldies band and getting up on the stage and having to perform. A lot of the tips that you shared also would apply for, for both, um, you know, any kind of a performer, but also when I was back in sales, because every day, I encountered rejection, I used to sell advertising and every day you're knocking on doors, I was on the road and dealing with rejection. And so, so many of the things you said are applicable for across the board and would have been helpful for me back then <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when I was in sales. So thank, thank you so much. You you are a brilliant, a brilliant soul and a sweet soul. And thank I appreciate, you. appreciate your presentation. Thank
0: you. Thank you, Pam. All right, thank everyone. You, that was
1: great. Cool. Very inspiring. Thank you.
4: All right. Thank you, Dr. Albert. Thank you, thank you Dr. Will.
1: Thank you. thank you. Okay. And I think next week we're going to do a thing on leadership. Cool. All right? What we can learn on how to build a team. You know, how to how to build a team. So that could be fun. All right. All, all right. right, everyone. Thank you, Albert, again. Yay. Thank, you, thank, you. You, thank Yay. you. All right. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. All right. Thank, thank you. you. See you all soon. Bye-bye. Bye now. Bye crunch.